What happens when a German wholesaler teams up with a banking-as-a-service provider based in Poland? The answer? Financial services magic for 70 million people. Today on the podcast, we'll talk to the two leaders who made it all happen. Michael Zyber, the CEO of Metro Financial Services, and Wojciech Sass, co-founder of Vodino. The two Ds have them on Dave and Darm Demystify. From the studios of NMD Plus in the UK and US comes the Dave and Darm Demystify show. Dave and Darm Demystify Show, making sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and chat it through to make it clearer and easier to understand. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Wallace and Darm Mystery. Demystify. Welcome to today's show. And today we have Wojciech Sass, co-founder of Vodino and Michael Zyber, who's CEO of Metro Financial Services, based out of Germany. So, Wojciech, Michael, would you like to introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about the kind of companies that you work for? Wojciech, do you want to start? Yes. So, good morning. I'm one of the co-founders of Vodino. Briefly about me, I spent my entire professional life in banking and insurance. Started as a software developer, and then I was a BCG financial services partner in Europe. And since 2010, I was deputy CEO of Paribas and then head of National Netherlands and in Poland. And I'm in this venture, a co-founder. We started this in 2018. Vodino is a pan-European bus platform combining best-in-class tech with the full financial services offering and banking license. That's how I would characterize us in a nutshell. Fantastic. And Michael, what about yourself? I think we have some things in common. We dedicated our life to financial services. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're all in that club. We're all in that club. <laughs> My 30 year old venture. It's not, not year old, but 30 years in banking and technology. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started my career in investment banking, working for Rothschilds in Frankfurt and advising financial institutions in mergers and acquisitions. In 2013, I then joined Alinda Capital Partners, a US-based private equity firm where I was responsible for the asset portfolio in continental Europe. I was working out of Düsseldorf at that time and still am. Joined then Metro and in 2016 in a different role. Initially, I started in a business transformation and business model innovation role before becoming CEO of Metro Financial Services last year. Yeah, founding the company, initiating everything, and happy to be here and tell you a little bit more about our journey. So can we start with understanding a bit about Metro and the background to Metro Financial Services? There may be people who are listening to this podcast who may not know who or what Metro is our UK listeners, they might be thinking like Metro Bank in the UK, but it's not that. 
Yeah, so Metro actually was founded in Germany in the 1960s. So we're quite a traditional company. So Metro Financial Services is fully owned by Metro. And Metro is a wholesaler for customers in the hotel, restaurants and catering industry, as well as for independent merchants. And we're serving about 70 million customers in over 30 countries, mainly focused on Europe. We have also activities in Asia. We are not present in the UK and the US. So the main business is like hotels. Is that correct? Correct. So you can imagine if you run a restaurant, you're an independent restaurant owner, then you visit Metro for your supplies. So to buy everything you need for your restaurant, food, non-food articles. So you either come to our stores. So for example, in Germany, we have a nationwide network of around 100 stores, but we also do delivery services. So you can order online and you get your supplies delivered. I guess the obvious question is, how did you get into financial services? <laughs> Actually, it's not such a surprising move at the end. So as I told you, we have quite a history. So we're very, very good and excellent in food trade, but also the demand of our customers. So take the independent restaurant owner has changed. So the digitalization, for example, changed demand or pain points. If you think about online reservation or if you want to order food for takeaway, so we realized we also need to develop our business model further and improve our value proposition of Metro, obviously with the goal to also stimulate our core business. This is always our key target when we launch new activities. And a couple of years ago, we looked into different pain points of restaurant owners and based on that, we saw that we cannot, we are at the moment not fulfilling everything. So we started different additional activities like Metro Financial Services, but also other activities around digitalization to help people out in these areas and become a true partner for the sector. This is our ultimate goal. So moving from this transactional business relationship where people come to our stores, buy something and go home, to a really long-term partnership where we can support them across their entire life cycle and business model. The car manufacturers, I know with VW, they actually set up their own bank, but you haven't taken that route. This is where you've now got a relationship with Aon Bank. Can you tell us a bit about why you decided not to be a bank, but still provide the financial service? How does this relationship work? Yeah. Happy to start and Wojciech, feel free to chip in and provide your views. So for us, it was not the goal to become a bank. And we just wanted to offer banking products to our customers, which they are missing and together with our front end. So being a bank would have been only the necessity in order to do that. But now with, you know, changes in regulation and technology, you can offer these services in a much leaner and also capital efficient way. So we didn't need to build the entire banking infrastructure ourselves. We didn't have to apply for a banking license, which of course, everything associated with costs and time. So also looking from a business case perspective, that was our way to go because we are not serving the mass market like many traditional banks do. So we're really focusing on a specific problem in a very specific segment. So 
from a business case perspective, banking as a service enabled us also to make the numbers work. So this would be a good time to get you to come in, Wojciech, and just talk about the offering from Vodino and you know what it is that Metro saw in the platform that you've got that was sort of interesting for it. Yes. So firstly, our big belief as co-founders of Vodino is one, I would say, that banking transactions are shifting massively towards platforms away from branch-based banks. And I'm of a view as a person who worked in branch-based banking for half of my life, that these banks are not ready for platform banking. Whereas consumers, especially if you look at millennials, Gen Z, I mean, they're already there. And no way that they will go in the fashion, me as a 50-year-old, <laughs> my habits in banking versus my daughter, which is 18, <laughs> I mean, 180 degrees different. And we're leaning into that trend, leveraging the tailwinds that were mentioned by Michael. First tailwind for us was a PSD2 or open banking. Europe is ahead of the other markets, especially ahead of the US with respect to that. The legislation, I think it's increasingly forcing in a good way the controllers of the data to fit the pipes. I mean, large traditional banks, they have to now do this. So there is quite a democratization going through the markets. And secondly, the technologies, the technologies that we deploy were not available to us still in 2015, 2016. And I mean by that API-based connectivity, I mean blockchain, I mean AI, all these technologies that we leverage, you know, to the benefit of B2B partners like Metro were not there before. Now, straight to your question, what we do for Metro technically, and Michael, please feel free to comment on that. We kind of, uh, there was a cartoon in my old times, which was called Magic Pen. Yes. And when the cartoon was really beautiful, yeah, the guy was drawing something with the magic pen and this object immediately, instantly became live. In a sense, that's what we do. Yes. So Michael has chief marketing officers in his team. They grab the pen. On pen, you could imagine the brand on the pen is Vodino. And once they finish the drawing, you know, maybe not entirely instant, but a couple of months later, these products are available. So we built a front-end solution for Metro FS we gave them full stack of the backend products. So here we talked specifically about the decoupled debit card, which is quite unique product. I can elaborate on it later, as well as, you know, lending, instant lending solution for SMEs. So when the client gets onboarded to Metro FS, he instantly or she instantly gets a limit. Yes. So these two products basically enabled by us through our backend API based product solution, Operations associated with the product, so for the credit risk collections are all performed by us. And of course, for that, you need to be compliant and you deliver banking license. So all that has been done by us. And Metro had this magic pen in its hands. So basically the marketing context, the idea, how that should be contextualized properly so that, you know, clients of Metro benefit from that in a frictionless way. That is basically credit goes here to the Metro team. So in a sense, we are enabler behind this big idea that our partner Metro had. I love that concept of the magic pen because it sort of conjures up the right picture in my head. So Michael, going back to you saw the opportunity in financial services, did you then 
think about the sorts of products that you wanted to launch into market and then go and find a partner or how did the process work? Taking that magic pen analogy, did you sketch it out and say, this is what we think customers are looking for? Or was it collaboration with Vodina in terms of coming up with the options? Yeah, I think it goes a little bit hand in hand. I think we started, we had the idea to start Metro Financial Services and started to do our homework with customer interviews, visiting customers and understanding what they actually would like to see, um, especially since everyone has like, you know, several cards in his wallet. So we're not reinventing the wheel or not reinventing financial services, but rather tweak them in a way that they are more appropriate towards our target group. And we needed to understand this is what they actually want from us. And we had a rough concept and had some ideas which we want to put into practice. And then we were looking for partners and then eventually decided also for Ion and Vodeno. And then we continued that work with their team also to get some inputs where maybe from a technology or regulational side, where boundaries to what we have drawn with that magic pen, right? So in our, let's say, dream world, where you have to fit reality. And that's where the teams of Metro and Vodeno work together. And as Wojciech said, then a lot of the, let's say, work behind the scenes was done for Vodeno. We rather focus on product specification, the design and the user flow, commercials. So everything which is really facing the customer because our belief is that we understand this specific niche sector much better than everyone else and that's why the input needs to come from us one thing that people might be slightly confused by is the relationship between vodina and ion bank Wojciech, could you explain that for people because i think it's really important and very pertinent to the relationship with metro yes i will explain it Short answer would be, there is no embedded banking without banking KYC, clearing of AML payments and risk. These three elements need to come from the regulated institution. And that's the bank's contribution. Whereas a tech stack, so API-based products, that comes from the platform we have. Okay, and hence, you know, we always go in this constellation for Dino Ion. But I mean, that is just to the benefit of Metro, because alternatively Metro, instead of having this source from one hand, which significantly minimizes the risk of such a big project, they would have to source IT stack from provider A, licensing and compliance from provider B. And trust me, in Europe, especially in the continent, incoherence between these two would appear probably at day one. So the whole hassle of, you know, adjusting what is called risk appetite to the technology would be then shifted on colleagues from Metro. We have one quite a good analogy, if I may, to be quickly understood, but in the UK, when I was still there at B school, there was a venture of Tesco into financial services. Well-known case, yeah, it started in 97. And then you can see how magic pen can become a magic pain, yeah? Because, I mean, they had to build IT system. They have to obtain the banking license. They have to connect to the payment schemes of the UK. I just look into that, what happened since I left the UK. And current account, personal current account, was developed for three years 
yes? Whereas Michael got it within six months, as an example, yes? So when you decide not to make yourself everything and just rent it, you simply benefit. Of course, for Tesco, it was not possible back in 97 because simply legislation was not there. Today, you can do it much more efficiently and take best of breed technologies and best of breed licensing and compliance. Yes. And this way, Michael, I hope you agree. Everybody stays with his line of business, with what we do best, what Metro does best and what Ion Vodino does best. And that's the beauty of that constellation, I think. I totally agree. I think there's confusion caused in the marketplace because there are pure tech companies that essentially provide core banking as a service. And it should be called core banking as a service because that's all it is. Because banking as a service needs the license and it needs the support of all the things that you mentioned, things like KYC and AML around it, right? Because that's not necessarily part of core. So this relationship with the bank is absolutely critical to enable banking as a service as opposed to, you know, just providing software as a service. Fully agree. Can we just talk about the actual products that you offer, Michael, through Metro Financial Services? Yes, sure. Wojciech already tapped into one point. During our initial phase, when we did customer visits, resurveys, and so on, one message was clear. Nobody wants another bank. Yeah? So that was quite obvious to us from day one. And as I said, if you look into your own reality, most of us have already a lot of cards in their wallet. Yeah? In that specific case, um, the hospitality sector, they use mostly traditional banks and they are not really interested in changing their primary bank provider. And one key reason is being in the hospitality business, they rely strongly of a physical branch network of those traditional banks simply to deposit all their cash that they generate in their daily business. Yeah? So moving to players, to neo-banking players is not really an option for them. And that was a service that we also could not offer, so depositing cash. So we had to find another solution. But what was also obvious was that they were strongly interested in the features that we were planning to launch. So our cashback program, our buy now, pay later program, and what we will launch in October is employee cards. So we were like in this situation where people were not interested for another bank account connection, but they liked the features. And so we did a lot of thinking, how can we combine this um, because we saw the need. And then we came up with a product, which is what we call decoupled debit MasterCard. And what that helps you to do is that you can connect our decoupled card. We call it MetroFS card with your existing bank account at another bank. So for example, a Deutsche Bank or Commerzbank. So customers don't need to open up an additional bank account with Metro Financial Services. They simply sign up for our card and our application and can then spend whatever they have on their current bank account at the third party bank. Yeah? So they pay with our card but eventually it's directly debited from the existing bank account. So they don't need to open a new bank account. So that was the bridge that we have built to connect new cool features with the existing setup, which makes the barrier for entrance for our customers really low and makes it really easy. And in terms of features that we have providing, we have a 
really nice cashback program that we're offering because that was also a feedback. The hospitality sector, it's very margin low and they're very price sensitive. So getting cashback everywhere where the card is used was very attractive. So it's not only that they get cashback when they buy at Metro, but anywhere where they use the card. It's an unlimited program. There are not many precedents out in the market at the moment, and it's real cash. It's not like some kind of point. So it's a direct benefit um, to the margin of the hospitality owner. And we have added or implemented a buy now, pay later feature into the application which works, as Wojciech already mentioned, people get a pre-approved line. So when they sign up for our application or our product, they know exactly what kind of line they can get and they can use it in their purchases. And how it works is I use the card and then only later on in my application, I can decide if I want to use the buy now, pay later optionality for example, to postpone the payment by 60 days or pay in installments. And this is also a little tweak which differentiates us from other players because obviously by now pay later is not a new feature, it's well known, but it's usually implemented in the checkout process. It comes of course from e-commerce and it works very well in the online world. But looking at our customers, the reality is very different because most of the purchases are done in physical stores. So I go to my fruit and veg merchant or buy somewhere wine. So it's a, usually a physical purchase in the physical store. And for merchants who are present in the physical world, it's of course much more complicated to implement a buy now pay later process into their checkout. So that's why we turned it around and said, okay, let's make it really easy and increase the use cases for Metro FS card holders to be able to use buy now pay later by simply shifting the process, moving it away from the merchant, but moving it away to the person who pays with the card in the application. It's looking at all the various opportunities to actually build something which I think builds loyalty with your customer base, builds sort of long-term usage, kind of provides a data platform. I think it's an incredibly interesting case study you could have gone down a very traditional route on this instead of really thinking about how the technology could bring to life something which is, I think, a very powerful customer proposition. I'm very intrigued now by this product. So let's say a customer makes like three transactions. Do you just debit in total? It's like $200, let's say. Do you do debits for the individual transactions they made or for the aggregate of the $200 spent across the three transactions? For the aggregate, and it's done daily oh, wow. at the end of the day. Right, right, right. This comes back to you've totally taken away not only the engagement with the customer, but now the understanding of how and where they're spending. Because now in the bank account, you're just seeing like one transaction. Yeah. But Metro Financial knows exactly how and where you know, these guys are spending their money. This was invaluable data, right? Absolutely. The home bank sees just Metro FS. So it's totally black, doesn't see what was the item that you bought. Yeah, so it's quite interesting. Genius. Genius. It's kind of why, I mean, I've been involved with Open Bank since the beginning, but it's kind of what I expected to happen from some of these apps that, you know, start to do things like money management for the consumer, but they didn't really change banking, right? But you guys certainly have. The other question I've got is 
this magic pen. I love the analogy, but you know, how much of the product definition are you doing as business users? Is it a low code, no code configuration platform, or actually are you just doing the specs and then passing it over to Aon to implement? How does that work? On the IT side, I mean, we are one team on our end, yes? So Aon and Vodino are working in agile way. We are low code, yes? So most of the specs that we discuss here are already on the shelf API available, yes? So we have what I call pre-packaged APIs for given industry, whereas Sometime, and Metro was here, Michael, I mean, I will be honest, yes, quite a demanding client in a good way. <laughs> then we leverage what we call smart contracting. So through the low code, we overwrite the parameters for the products to enable some of that. The beauty here is that it can be done by a business person. You don't have to be, you know, PhD in IT in order to develop that piece of code. Yes. So it's, as you said, dumb, it's a low code smart contract based changes that we did to cater to some of the needs of Metro because it was quite an innovative thing as we just discussed. You know, as a technology, I'm just going to pick up on this point so that what this means also is that any kind of product definition is not limited by a set of parameters that, you know, a traditional vendor would have created in for defining products. Is that right? That's very right. That's very right. Yes. So you've got ultimate flexibility but still access to business people to, you know, generate these products. This is, yeah, groundbreaking. From my perspective as being, you know, the face to the customer, it needs to be that way because otherwise you will always come up with mostly the stuff that is already in the market. Yeah. Then you will not win the customers because it's simply too similar to each other and the value add is not there. So I think our role is a little bit also <laughs> to push Wojciech's team a little bit with our ideas and see what are actually the boundaries where also, as I said at the beginning, technology and regulation comes into. And I think this is a very healthy partnership because you have both sides, which then at the end come together and see that we have drawn with the magic pen, what can we actually put into practice, right? And this is the daily fight between his team and my team. But at the end, I think it's very healthy to come up with very attractive, competitive products. So we're almost out of time. I just wondered if you were both able just to talk a bit about the future as well. So you've got new products coming out. Michael, have you got a roadmap to other products? Wojciech, what's the story for Vodina going forward as well? Happy to start here. So yes, we only launched in January this year in Germany. And so our focus is very much on growing the platform, acquiring new customers in Germany and launching new feature sets. One will be, as I said, in October, employee cards. It's again something which is very closely related to the daily life. So it's not always the case that the business owner goes and buys something for the business, but it can also be someone, one of his employees. What we will do is enable the business owner to launch cards for the individual employees, but he will have like an admin dashboard where he can decide what are the limits of spendings per week, per month. And so he has full control and transparency on the spending. On the other side, the employee doesn't have to prepay um, purchases or the business owner doesn't have to give them cash. So something, a real life example of also a hospitality industry and how we can tweak financial services to make it more relevant in the daily life. So second thing is uh, focus on internalization. So international expansion 
of Metro Financial Services, other Metro markets. So we want to use the access to the customer and the brand and also launch it there. Mostly um, focus will be European countries at first. And last but not least, we're looking into a stronger integration of the Metro financial services world into existing Metro processes. So for example, at the checkout to make it more embedded. At the moment, it's not really embedded financial service, but this is what we look into to make the journey for our customers more frictionless when they shop at us. So looking at examples, I personally like Amazon very much, how they integrated their card and how you can save money. So looking into these other three pillars, Germany and feature set international expansion and added finance metro. Yes, and for Vodino, firstly, good to say where we are today. Yes, so we already deployed 20 bus partnerships of the magnitude we have with Metro. So they're already market launch in the EU by year, and we will be in 10 countries of Europe. So I would label us pan-European already. Next year, we will have 10 ventures like that deployed per quarter. Yes, because we're basically scaling up. We are cloud-based, Google cloud-based, so we have no limitations on the capacity. We are deploying with time to market speed of five to six months, always in the modus I explained. So banking license on white label basis and API-based technology stack and products. Product set, in my view, not very modestly, is almost complete because we have card and accounts. We have lending as a service. We have access to payments. So SEPA, SWIFT, all the local payments access as well, which gives us huge competitive edge. And we even in savings and investments, yes. So we offer branded deposits to large brands. We have even digital portfolio, ETF-based asset management service. So I hardly as a banker see, you know, what else could be added. There will be always a good new ones in the marketing context, like the one we discussed here with Decoupled Debit for Metro. But I think the offering as such is complete. We believe that the growth will be definitely in embedded banking. So going after large brands with large customer bases, which want to be end-to-end digital in their embedded banking. If somebody wants to be brick and mortar, we are not the addressee for that person. And IBAN is another dimension in our growth. At the moment, we are in four countries of Europe, which is Belgium, Sweden, Germany, and Poland. And we feel we need to still branch out to France, Spain, Italy, large countries of Europe, because there will be quite the IBAN play in the banking as a service. IBAN gives you access to local payment rails, and for that you need branch license, so bigger presence in the given jurisdiction. And that's, I believe, our growth path in a nutshell. Fantastic. I mean, it's all very exciting. And even the timescales in which you're kind of deploying this stuff is pretty amazing considering everything that goes into, you know, launching a new brand. My deepest congratulations to you both. Fantastic proposition. And on behalf of me and Dave, you know, really appreciate you sharing this with us and with our listeners. Thank you so much for being open and informative. Thank you for having us, Dom and David. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Dom Demystify. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault on SoundCloud. Be sure to connect with Dave Wallace and Darmish Mystery on LinkedIn. And until next time, ciao and have a marvellous week.
The Dave and Dom Demystify Show is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago and Austin, Texas.